Hello Sunshine, this is Shana, also known as Creative Stitching Diva, and you are listening to Chronicles of a Crochet Diva Podcast. Enjoy. I'm just getting used to this thing right here. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I'm just getting used to this thing right here. I'm not used to it. I'm so used to just turning it on. But like I was saying before, if anyone can read my lips, I was saying thank you for being here and watching me today. Today was one of those days that all I did was chill i did some work i went to the store with my oldest then i did some tiktok videos with my youngest then i said so that i don't get stuck with doing something i say don't do anything else don't because if i do anything else i will be late doing this i always get caught up so now i'm here i'm good um I'm still getting used to this whole situation right here, but thank you. I appreciate you. It wasn't you. It was me. I had it set up automatically, so as soon as I plug it in, but of course, I moved everything, so anyway. Oh, man. What a week. What a week. What a week. This week, um, the podcast, this is going to be the second episode so so far i did one pilot one episode this is the second one and already it is flying it is going people are listening and i didn't even realize like this um a whole setup where i can see who's listening and i can see how many times how many people and i'm excited i'm really 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 excited the thing is the comments you know I don't give a shit about the comments. So, listen, this is for grown folks, okay? Today is going to be a really sensitive topic. It's going to, and, and I decided to do it because I asked around who wants me to say something, you know, because I have a list of things, but sometimes I want to do what's in, what's in people's hearts and what's in people's minds. I may not go through everything, um, so whatever I don't go through, I do the research or I get a guess. Me, I been through a lot. So you see all of the good stuff with crochet and you see all the pretty colors and the yarn and the 
beautiful setups all over social media, how everyone is making all of these patterns. And it's just wonderful to go on there and you get crochet and you get a great feeling for crochet. But then what we have is a lot of people who come on and get some type of false understanding of doing a business. So you want to be an entrepreneur, right? But you see all these people with this positive stuff. So I got caught up in the hype. I got caught up with, why not me? I am good. I'm a great crochet. I'm very creative. Why the hell aren't I going viral? Why the hell my stuff is staying where it's at? And I get caught up in that. Well, I don't anymore, but I used to get so caught up in that to the point where it was bothering me. I caused my depression with, with that. But not only was it just depression going on, it was a lot of stuff going on in my life. I spoke about being on welfare. I spoke about um, being homeless. I spoke about a lot of things that went on in my life. But what I am going to talk about today is going to be for real. It's going to be some stuff. So it's going to be sensitive content. So I'm just saying, you know, sensitive content. And I just hope and I pray that it gets to the right people. Because crochet is something that we do to get our mind off of things. But I also want people to know if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, if you're trying to um, have a business, I advise you to understand there is trials and tribulations. And the trials and tribulations that you're going to go through, you're not the only one at all. You're not the only one. You seem, you may seem like I'm the only one because everyone on social media makes it seem like everyone is doing great and everyone is doing beautiful. It's a lot of liars on social media. It's a lot of wannabes on social media. Today is the day we're going to out them, okay? We're going to out them and we're going to let them know that it's okay to understand it's okay to know that you have off days. It's okay for people to understand that. It's going to be days that you just don't feel like doing shit. It's going to be days where you're depressed. It's okay. We just need to learn how to figure it out and keep on going and keep our business. That's what we need to do. So the steps that I have taken... The steps that I did, it was a long process, a whole entire year process. I refused to speak about it and I refused to even mention it to anyone. Not only not mention it to anyone, how am I going to tell you or someone that I've been through this and you need to do this and you need to do that? I'm not a doctor. But what I can do is explain the steps that I did to keep my sanity. Not only depression, pain, physical pain, like pain that you've never heard of before, that pain like childbirth pain. The thing about the differences is you will eventually stop the childbirth pain. I'm talking about that pain that's continuing on and on and on for um, months and years at a time. So I was going through straight up pain 
majority of my life, majority of my life, I was going through straight up pain. So I had to deal with that. How God allowed me to deal with that is I became pain tolerant, which is not great. Pain tolerance um, caused me to be in so much excruciating pain that at times I didn't realize the seriousness of certain situations in my body. I didn't know. So I tend to downplay my pain. So the pain that I may have and someone else may have um, you may be going through some serious, serious, extreme pain. And I may say, what's wrong with you? You can handle it. You could do it. I could do it. You could do it. Everyone is different. Everyone is different. Everyone is on their own different level. So you may not be able to handle the pain that I can handle. But what I can do is tell you the tools that was given to me that I can handle the pain, the depression the mental fogs. Um, it was times I didn't even know where I was going, what I was going to do, how I was going to do it, let alone try to do a business. And then I'm going to speak about COVID-19 and how that affected me and my business, how that affected me with my kids, being a mom and to want to have a business, period, being a mom is just bravery. A single mom being is just damn right crazy, <laughs> but it has to be done and you have to be a G to do it. And so I'm going to explain the things that I had to do, even with a man um, in my life, the child's father in my life, I still was a single mom. Do you know anything about that? That's what we have to realize too. The child, father, your husband, your significant other. They may be in your life, but you're still a single mom. You ever heard of that before? And that's the pain that some people have to realize, too. That's what I had to. I had to realize that. Toxic toxic relationship. When you are in a relationship and you don't want to admit that you're by yourself, you're doing everything by yourself, you're basically carrying the weight. Because sometimes we don't know what, a significant other is supposed to do. We don't know these things. Um, if you have not been brought up into a family that was um, that had your mom and your dad, you may not know. You may not understand that um, you're not always supposed to take on the weight. The man is supposed to take on the weight. But there are certain things that I agree with that and certain things I don't agree with, but that's only because of how I was brought up. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and um, just the overall of using the pain, mental and physical, of um, our lives, being an entrepreneur, being a single parent and trying to do our business. That's that's what I'm going to focus on today. I came across this topic because someone mentioned it. I'm so sorry. I don't even remember who. I am so bad. I have brain fog. I don't remember who said it, but I do know it was someone who I speak to on the regular, which is bad. It's real bad that I don't remember that. Was it Mariana? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I have a list of things that I do want to talk about in my podcast. I just want 
sometimes because, you know, some things just come to my mind and I'm like, boom, let's talk about this. Boom. Something may happen or someone may speak about something and I'm like, boom, I got to talk about this. And that's how a lot of my topics come up. Sometimes I pray on it. Sometimes um, every day I pray. But when I come on here, I have to. I have to pray. I have to pray for you guys. And I have to pray for myself. And I have to pray for whatever content that I'm given is going to be helpful to those listeners. So this is just the person who I am and how I became who I am. So let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about being an entrepreneur. So I wanted to become this entrepreneur, powerful woman. I wanted to be that spokesperson for all moms and people who have breast cancer, fibromyalgia, and I also have rheumatoid arthritis. I wanted to talk about that and I wanted to get it to everyone's head that no matter what, you could do this. Huh. But this was like, I'm going to say like four or five years ago. I'm saying this to myself and I'm like, I could do this because I overcame breast cancer. I overcame um, depression. And, and, I, and honestly, I said that I overcame depression, which is ironic because I didn't even know I was depressed. I never knew that I was depressed until you take a look back at the things that were going on. So I never thought I needed some type of therapy. I didn't need no therapy. What do I need therapy for? And my insurance actually said, this is a program, and this program is called Able To. So if you ever wanted to go to it, ableto.com is a program that my insurance um, said, do you want therapy? And I have a care manager for my insurance because of my uh, disabilities. So, and I don't like that word, but that's what they call it. Um, so the care manager said, uh, would you like to speak to someone just about certain things that's going on? I was like, nothing going on wrong with me. I'm good. And she was like, well, you know, take advantage of it. It's only for three months. I did. I took advantage of it. It's called Able To, and they call you. You don't go to them. They, they call you. Okay, fine. I just want to say, so um, more people came on. I want to say this is sensitive. This is a sensitive topic, so it's up to you. It's very, it's not for the kids, and it's not for the weak-minded. So. Just a word of advice before I go on. Because writing down my notes, I was like boo-hoo crying, just writing write down my notes. So you know I had to cry before I came on. <sighs> so, right, listen, right? So I said, okay, let's do this. I'll do the able to. I'll do the able to, and um, we'll see how it works. I did not realize that this was not just therapy. This was a life-changing mechanism that they came up with. Whoever decided to do this program was dead on. And it was targeted for people like me 
who never, like, I knew I had issues, but I say I wasn't that depressed. I look at depressed as um, not talking to someone or not being able to eat or not going outside, not being social. And I was just the opposite. The thing was, I wasn't doing, I was half doing some of that. I was faking the funk. I would say everything's good. I didn't realize the way I dressed was me being depressed because I wasn't dressing great. The way I did my hair, sometimes I didn't. And the way I, 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 never, I never really wear makeup. The most I would wear is maybe eyeliner and lip gloss. Never really did that. So it was things that I never thought is a sign of depression, really was a sign of depression. And they had pointed these things out to me. I had to take a survey. I had to do some homework. I had to um, write some things down in a journal, which was a, wasn't bad for me because I'm always writing stuff in a journal. And they found the root of a lot of issues that I was going through. The one thing that I did through all of this stuff was crochet. So I noticed the difference before crocheting and after crocheting, which is crazy because I was homeless and then I was able to start crocheting when I found somewhere, I started to crochet and I realized that I was going through almost the same exact pattern. So the same exact patterns that I was going through, it was almost putting me back where I was. I just kept going through that same exact pattern, same exact pattern. And the difference was crochet. The, also, another difference was my attitude. Because I also felt like, well, if I could crochet this, I could make this. And it was something that I was looking forward to. It was something that even though I had no idea how I was going to pay my bills, I had no idea how I was going to um, get my kids stuff for school, I still had something to look forward to. So I looked forward to um, crocheting, making something. So I would write down, um, what do I want to make? What do I want to learn? And because at the time, I only learned the basics at this specific time. During the same exact time, I was in pain, physical, physical pain, like pain, 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 to the point where I would go and I would um, get like Tylenol PM and just make myself go to sleep because I did not want to be awake to feel the pain. The thing about me was I was so scared of drugs, so scared of drugs that I did not want to take any drugs because I was scared. So that was a plus because substance abuse is in my family really, really, really heavily. So my thing was that one time could be the, the big time. So I never wanted to do that. Never. Um. But I did notice that there were some um, medicine that was given to me that I would say like a happy pill, like it would make you feel better. But the one thing 
I appreciate God for doing was not taking the pain all the way away. I needed that. So I knew that even though this pill made me feel a little bit okay, it wasn't taking the pain away. So eventually my mind clicked and was like, I don't need this. Because I found out later on that it was an addictive pill. And it's a pill that you don't want to be taking all the time. So I found myself getting the script, but not taking it all the time. Sometimes You know how you get your prescription and it, you don't take it all the time. So it's like sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. I realized that that was something that um, I would take when I really, really, really need. Then I found when I'm in a really bad, bad, messed up situation, I would take the pill. Whether I was in pain or not, I would take it. So I went to the doctor and I told the doctor, why does this pill make me feel so happy? And she, at the time it was a lady, was saying, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's just me. I didn't know. I'm like, why does it make me feel like, you know, giving me a little energy? It's supposed to help me take the pain away, not giving me energy. And she's like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you're just in a happy mood that day. <laughs> so this is the lady who originally prescribed me the damn medicine. And I do not go to her at all because if I had a crazy messed up mind and a, an addictive mind, I would be so hooked on that medicine. She gave it to me like all the time, all the time. If I say I needed it, they just called it in. If I say, oh, I just need a refill, she'll call it in. And I was just stacking it. I was just stacking it because it was a point in time where I knew my insurance was going to end. So I was just stacking it for just because, just because if I need it, I'll have it. And I found that it did help, but then it didn't help. So what's the sense in taking it, right? Then I found when I got in severe pain, like that pain, I really couldn't take. So now I'm like, okay, this, these things are really not working. There's no need to take them. She get, she ups the strength. So now I'm taking the high dose. Then she said, if you need, take two. Now you already gave me a high dose. And now you're telling me to take two. So that'd be 100 milligrams of this prescription. And I'm like, oh, no, I would be comatose or something like that. Like, no, like me taking Percocet, I just didn't even like taking like medicine like that because it, I don't like how I felt. I didn't like how it takes me in a different way where I can't adjust to it. So I said, okay, I took the medicine. And then I realized that it made me feel good. It made me sleepy. And it kind of did take the pain away. So maybe that was the great dosage that I needed. Maybe I just needed it to up it, right? Then my insurance stopped. I didn't have the money to go back to her because, of course, now I got to pay for the doctor and the prescription. So the medicine ran out. I wasn't taking the medicine anymore. And now I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? 
Now, at this point in time, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know that I had this autoimmune disorder. I didn't know I had fibromyalgia. I didn't know that I was having this brain fogs from the chemotherapy. I didn't know none of this. I just knew something was going wrong with my body. But you have family members, right? Okay, listen. You have family members who will say, you just need to go back to work. You just need to exercise. You just need to do this. You just need to do that. Or why are you sleeping all the time? Why are you acting like this? Why are you doing that? Meanwhile, you don't know what the hell is going on. So now it's an argument because now I'm defensive and, and your family members are defensive. So now it's a back and forth situation. The significant other. Now we are going back and forth at it because he feels I'm sleeping too much. He feels I'm, I'm just not that person he met. What do you mean? What are you talking about? I'm the same. What are you talking about? So you're supposed to be that mom that makes sure the kids go to school. And at the time, my little one was maybe like three, two or three years old. So I would sleep. I would get up. I would give him cereal, whatever. I would go to sleep. And the TV would watch him. Then significant other at the time would go to go to work. And when he comes home, I'm in the same spot. Maybe sleep, maybe not sleep. Same spot, same clothes. Not really doing too much of anything. And that was a repetitive thing for years. For years. It was the same thing over and over and over again. So I made myself start going to um, my OES meetings, Eastern Star meetings. I made myself start going just to get up out the house and do something. Then I found that me going to the meetings wasn't helping because I'm still that same old person. In my mind, I didn't realize I was depressed. So I'm steady, not being the person who I wanted to be and didn't even realize it. I didn't realize it was any, nothing wrong with me. So another thing is I didn't realize I wanted to crochet as a business at this point in time. But what I can say is it was something that I looked into and I, it was something that I once I wanted to do it. I wanted to do the crochet, but it 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 was like life was telling me lay down, go to sleep. Ain't nothing else you need to do. Something just kept saying go to sleep. You don't need to be up. So I would say, can you go get me some Tylenol PM? Can you go get me some Tylenol PM? And I swear, I was taking like four a day to the point where four a day wasn't even helping. Then I went to six a day. And the crazy thing is, I'd rather take that than them pills that the doctor gave me, which is crazy. Because now, them pills are like so addictive now. And it's a, a, a um, it's like a high addictive um, medication now. But that PM made me go to sleep. I wanted to go to sleep. 
I just want to go to sleep. Just leave me alone. I just want to go to sleep. I felt like me going to sleep would make the day go by fast. And I wanted that day to go by fast because I wanted these days to go by so it's closer to the day that I'm going to see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's closer to the day where things are going to get better. Not that I was going to make it better by getting my ass up and doing something. No, if I went to sleep, it would be closer to the day that it's supposed to get better. That's what my mind was telling me. My mind was saying, go to sleep because eventually you're going to be better. And that's what I did. And that's what I did for a long time. I did that for a long time. I can't even tell you how many years I did it. I just did it for a long time. And when I, I had to move from that living arrangement, and then I moved into another living arrangement, and I mean living arrangement because it was an arrangement. And the significant other was like, I can't do this no more. Meanwhile, he ain't shit, but I can't do this no more. We going to have to break up and oh my God, I just knew my world was going to end. Like, I was taking care of everything, even though I was asleep, taking care of everything. But this is what he said. Can't be around can't do it. I think I cussed him out, said some kind of words to him. Yeah. I said some bad words. And it really like hit something. Like I yelled out the window. And I, and this is something I never do because we never argue. I never do this. But that day, I just called him all kinds of starry out the window. And I guess people was watching. So that hurt him even more. And he was like, I can't do this no more. And that's it when you move. Now, this is another thing. This is what kills me about guys. He said, when we leave here, you're on your own. Nigga, I'm on my own now. The fuck? I'm on my own now. What are you talking about? But I didn't say that then. I'm saying that now because now I'm like, I'm doing this shit by myself. What are you talking about? But yeah, that's what happened. So, we moved into another arrangement. Did he leave? No. No. Uh, he was there. But the situation was we weren't together. So, we was living together, but we weren't together. Um, then, what happened was, uh, six months later, I moved into my own, and he didn't come. We weren't together, and I felt me coming back together. I felt that Shauna was Shauna, and that I felt rejuvenated. I felt alive. I have no idea why I just did and and my and I was excited I was always in there being a good parent and I just started crocheting this is when I really start my crochet business because this is when I started graphing and I was like yes this is great this is great this is good then I found out the pain that I'm getting is the autoimmune disorder um 
rheumatoid arthritis. The thing about it is I'm just thinking it's arthritis, not realizing it's an autoimmune disorder. And he wanted me to take chemo pills. And that was something I did not want to take because of my experience that I had with chemo during um, having breast cancer. I didn't realize that. So here I'm thinking breast cancer, breast cancer caused me some discomfort. It caused me like a moment in my time where I just lapsed a little bit. But I didn't think of it as um, it was going to cause me mental issues. I didn't think that. I didn't think that at all. It caused me hell, like hell, mental issues galore. So I'm thinking right after I had this massive impact of my life, being 25, I was young. I was a baby because I'm thinking about it. My son is 21. He still is kind of a baby, a baby. So four years, four years later after being 21, I get breast cancer. Meanwhile, I'm taking care of my sister and I'm taking care of my son and I'm taking care of myself and I'm working two jobs and and I had breast cancer. Like, breast cancer. Like, you need aggressive chemo breast cancer. You need aggressive radiation. You need this. You need that. And it was like, oh, I'm just Shira. I'm knocking it out the way. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, let's just do it. You said chemo, give it to me. I'm I'm good. My hair fell out. I'm good. I'm going back to work. I'm good. Radiation. It burned the shit out of me, but I'm good. It it caused scars, like real bad scars, but I'm good. I even had a point where they told me that it was aggressive and they had to take um some lymph nodes because it started spreading. I'm good. Okay, do what you gotta do. I'm good. Okay, let's do this body scan. Make sure that it's all gone. Boom, you good. I am good. No problem. I wiped it out. I knocked it out the box and I'm good to go. Let's keep moving. That's how I did it. That's how I was able to go through that time, that period of my life of breast cancer. I've been working since I was 14, 14, and being a big sister and doing whatever I needed to do to help with the household. So having breast cancer was just a lump. I jumped over the lump and I kept it moving and I did what I had to do. So it wasn't nothing. I knocked it out the box like a girl. All right. So now, when you come to me at 32, 34, and I have this baby who I was told I'm not supposed to have any kids because they gave me so much chemo. So now you're telling me I have this autoimmune disorder and I got to take chemo. And I'm like, no, I'm not taking this chemo. No, I'm not doing it. Mm -mm. I didn't take the chemo. Because I went to see a second opinion, and this doctor is telling me, why would he tell you that? 
You can't have that medicine. That medicine will cause you um, a lot of problems and you don't need those problems. You already had a lot of issues. So now I'm mad. I'm mad because he just gave this to me and not explained what it was. He didn't explain the issues they was going to cause. Because something in my mind kept saying, don't take this medicine. So I didn't. I just went to the second opinion. And that shit was straight up chemo. And I'm like, yo, the crazy thing about it is, and I don't think the doctors realize this, but when you are told you have breast cancer or you have cancer, period, there's different types of cancer. This cancer where you have um, HER2 positive or HER2 negative. Mine was positive. So this means HER2 positive is the one that spreads throughout your entire body. It goes through your bloodstream. HER2 negative is the one that do not go in your bloodstream. It stays local. I had the positive. So I had the one that spread through your bloodstream, which it started spreading. So those people who have breast cancer that start off in your breast and then they may get it again, it will go somewhere else. Um, that's exactly what happened to me. The thing about it was... Um, it wasn't really explained to me all of the facts. I was the first person in my area to be so young. So the doctors were like, they didn't know how to treat me. So what they did was they gave me chemo that was for people who have lymphedema, which is cancer throughout your whole entire body. And they did it in crazy massive doses because of my age, how aggressive it was in the HER2 gene. The HER2 gene is metastatic cancer, which is the cancer that goes throughout your whole entire body. There's medicine now for that. When I had it, it was a trial. It was a trial. I was never told about the trial. I was never told about this medication. But if you were one of the people who had um, HER2 negative, you didn't really need chemo. You could just take this pill and you could take it for five years and you're, you're good. You're okay. I couldn't take that pill because it was going to do absolutely nothing for me. You know that pill was the pill for the rheumatoid arthritis, that chemo pill. I didn't realize that until later on and I'm researching because I research all the time. So I'm researching and I'm like, wait a minute. This is the pill that they told me wasn't going to do anything. Now you're telling me to take it because it's going to help me with this. It just made me feel so crazy how one thing, I took all this chemo and aggressive chemo and radiation. And years later, you're telling me that I got to take something that you told me not to take before. But not only that, like I'm taking all of this chemo to knock out this bad ass tumor. But now 
I had this autoimmune disorder and that chemo I took back then that was like crazy. It's not doing absolutely nothing. It just, it made me feel some type of way. Sorry, I had to yell at the kids. Sorry. It's not for kids. So, um, let me. Let's drink my water. So, yeah, the, um, I had to get over that part. So, I got over that part and I realized the chemo wasn't, um, something that I wanted to take. The pills wasn't something that I wanted to take. So I didn't take it. I didn't take anything. I had to keep finding doctors. I also had an insurance that didn't give a shit about me. So um, I was going to the doctors that everybody who had the same insurance had to go through Medicaid. So Medicaid was sending me to the doctors that you had to be there for like hours and hours and hours. So literally I had to make the whole entire day um, out of going to the doctor. I hated those times, man. Um, so it was a depressing time, but I was still trying to move on with my business, trying to be a mom. And this time I was trying to be a better mom. Um, actually being more active into the school, trying to do things for my teenager at the time. I had a teenager and then I had the young one because my kids are 10 years apart. I don't know why I did that. I have no idea why I did that. <laughs> 10 years apart. I would have been free now. But yeah, I did that 10 years apart. So my depression stems from not just the whole situation with that. I had some crazy times when I was younger. I'm going to get into that another time, but um, I think that is what caused um, my depression to come out more because I masked it. I, I, I would do things. I would work, but now I'm not working. So I didn't have the time. To, I, I always wanted the time to just go, just go, just go, just go, just go. Please just go so that I could get closer to the day where everything's going to be okay. Not thinking that I need to work for it. Not thinking that I needed to do these things. So it pisses me the fuck off when I am talking to someone now. Now. And I'm basically telling someone now what you need to do to be successful and what you need to do to be a great crocheter and you say, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, just help me. And then you don't do it. And then months down the line, you're still saying, I can't get a customer. I can't get this. I can't get that. <sighs> you're just not ready. It, but it pisses me off because I see, sometimes I see me in some of you. And I don't say it because it's not up for me to say. I only see what you're telling me. I don't see what was really happening. So it could be really good on the other side. It could be really bad on the other side. I wouldn't know. 
I do know I don't think that um if you are going to play um I'm going to be friends with this person and I want this person to like me even though the, the person is shit and the person is doing shit and the person is not even successful but you want to follow a person and yes this and yes that and and every single comment this person makes um is is the is the best comment ever and that person is bringing you down it bothers me sometimes because i could see so many with potential but when you follow and and i get mad at my son cuz sometimes i feel like he follows um, my oldest, sometimes I feel like he follows and I'm like, be yourself because that's the best thing to be is yourself. I'm telling you, me being myself, oh man, it's beautiful. I love it. I love this Shauna. This Shauna that I am now is beautiful and I'm a leader. I'm not following no goddamn body. I'm not. I see inspo. I don't see something I would want to copy. I see trending. I don't have to make it. I see a lot of people out there who are doing great. That don't mean I need to be their best friend. That's what we need to learn so that we can get our business. You wonder why your business is not the way it needs to be? Okay, depression. We may be fucked up in the head, but you even more fucked up following somebody and they're fucked up ways. So what's the sense of even trying? It's just crazy because I I can't save everybody and I can't, it bothers me. I guess it's the Pisces in me because, or it's just me being me. I want to save everybody. I want to be able to help everybody and I can't do that. First of all, I don't know everyone outside of this domain. So I can't help that little girl inside that's trying to come out to be a woman and an entrepreneur. I can't help that person because that person is hiding behind something else. I can't help that person. So if that person is depressed, I wouldn't know that because that person is hiding. If that person is stressed, I wouldn't know how to help because that person is hiding. I wouldn't know that. I also believe that in my experience, it wasn't always the doctors that helped me. It was always true friends in my spirituality and those people who reminded me of that spirituality. But they knew me and they knew my, my, my heart. They knew who I was my dignity. They knew that about me. So I had no problem when someone said, I know you could do better, Shauna. I know you could do this, or I know you could do that. And the more I heard that, the more I did better. And it doesn't mean, because I also thought that you had to be on drugs, you had to be an alcoholic, not doing anything. You had to be like that to be like a real screw up. You could still be a screw up 
and not do all of that. <laughs> you can still be a screw up. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that I could still be a screw up. A screw up mom, a screw up person, a screw up entrepreneur, a screw up friend, daughter, sister, and still not do drugs, not drink, not go out to parties. You can still be a fucked up individual and not do all of that. I always judge people when they did that, when in reality, I was the one who was the sick individual because I didn't do anything. And I'm only talking about a period in my life where after breast cancer and up to like five years ago. That's the period of my life. So from 25 to about 35, I would say. I would say 37. So for 12 years, let's let me tell you what the common denominator was. The significant other. That was the common denominator. The 12 years of my life that was so crazy, so deranged, so messed up, so bad, homelessness. I lost a baby. I just had, I had to deliver a baby vaginally that wasn't a baby. And you would think I would be all discombobulated and messed up and I bounced back. In my mind, I bounced back, but I really wasn't. I was so discombobulated, man. I was so out of my mind. But I didn't even need drugs to do it. And that's the thing. Because I wasn't on any drugs or alcohol, I'm thinking, I'm good. I'm fine. I wasn't. I wasn't making logical decisions. I wasn't doing um, what we are supposed to do as a, a, a person living in society, as a mom, as, as a, um, a citizen. I didn't want to pay no goddamn bills. How the hell was I going to pay a bill getting $400 from welfare? And that was the most you get for two kids. And the other thing was, yeah, you get food stamps. They may even help you with the rent, but do you understand how stressful that was? To, because you're on their their time, their dollar. You have to do whatever they want you to do. And it's like that caseworker is giving you the money out their own goddamn pocket. So you got to basically lick their ass to get your rent paid the next month. I honestly believe and understand why drug dealers were drug dealers and prostitutes were prostitutes. because. You rather sell your ass or sell some drugs because you at least know you ain't got to bow down to the bitches and welfare just to get your rent paid. That's how I felt, but I didn't have the heart to do that. I had no heart to do that at all. None. I just couldn't do it. Like my mind and my body was like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. But I'm just trying to explain to you the real stressful situation that we as people have to go through in order to live in this life. 
And you want to know something? I think of now, what we're going through in 2020, it was meant for me to be level-headed. Because now I'm level-headed. Now I'm thinking straight. Now I'm on a roll. I'm kicking ass with knowledge right now. I'm kicking ass with all of my experience. I (laughs) am going to say that if I was anything like I was 2006 years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, now in the 2020 world, man, I don't know what I would do. I don't know if it would be something that I would want to even think of because this is not great to be in this situation, to be stuck at home. And if that thing was there, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, it was meant for that to not happen while I'm in this situation. It's just crazy because you can't even blame anyone for going through what they have to go through just to take care of their kids because you don't want to have to go through welfare. But because I just didn't have the guts to sell my ass, I just went to welfare, right? Yeah, so when I had to go every single month for years, do you understand what it did to my brain? And the only thing that would keep me sane was crochet. So when I tell you crochet saved my life, I'm not fucking lying. It saved my damn life. It saved my life. Crochet put me, like when I was drifting off, it would put me back into perspective. If someone says, Shauna, I would need a blanket. How much would it cost? It puts me back in perspective. It was, I would literally say, okay, I got to do what I got to do. Let's make it happen. And I'll get happy about it. And I'll get excited about it. So if I was in pain and the pain that I feel is the pain that, let me tell you how this pain is. I've been a creative writer, so I can explain to you how this pain I felt. The pain I felt is the pain if someone took one of them big pliers, I don't know what you call them, but you know the the um, the tools that you use to like snap maybe wood or something, I don't know. But I am imagining it, a huge clamp that's like pressing on your bones, but not to crack your bones, but just to put pressure enough to hurt your bones. That's what I felt. And it's consistent. It doesn't go away like labor. It will go away, come back, go away, come back, go away, come back. No. It's consistent. But not only are you feeling that, you have a nerve. There's a nerve from my back that goes down to my leg. And if I move a certain way, that 
nerve is being pinched by the bulging disc that I have in my back. So not only am I, do I have the clamp on my bone, I also have the nerve down my back that the bulge is pushing it. Then I have fibromyalgia. When you touch me, I'm in pain. Sometimes when you are watching me here now, I could be in pain. Like, I could literally go like this. You can see me moving around and, like, doing this, trying to get into it. It's because that bulging disc. It's because of that clamp. It's because of the pins that's sticking in the nerve. It's because of all of that. Sometimes it's all in one. It could be sometimes pressure just being put on my muscles. It hurts so bad. And crochet was able to help me letting that pain subside. So what I would do is I started doing a routine. I'm going to crochet tonight. I'm going to watch my favorite show or movie. I got my snack next to me, and I'm going to do that. Then I gained, and I gained, and I gained. So when I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, oh, you're 319 pounds. You're a fucking liar. And I walked out. No lie, that really happened. I walked out. I had to go back for something else. But I had to stay. Because I was like, nah. Mm -mm. But I had to, this time I had to go out of town. And when I went out of town, my mom was with me. And I had to see a rheumatologist. I had to see the rheumatologist because now, like, my pain is out of whack. That's when I found out that I have spondylosis in my back. That means my back is curving. And I started getting nodules on my hands. That's part of rheumatoid. So this rheumatoid arthritis doctor is supposed to help you. So I'm there and I stand on the scale. Now I'm pissed because my mom is behind me. But the lady was nice. She didn't um, say it loud. She didn't say it loud. So I heard it. I said, what you say? She said it's 347. 347. The fuck? The doctor told me three months ago I was 319, 317, 3 something. And you telling me I'm 347. Three months later. Mm. Mm. And then I didn't realize that. The whole entire time that I was in the 300s, I couldn't breathe. I was always in pain, sleep. It took me a while to get places. I was kind of moving around because now I'm in a point where I wanted to be in my son's life. He was about to graduate high school. So... And I didn't, he was going into a high school that I didn't want him to go to. It had a bad, bad rep, this high school. So I needed to go to this high, high school. I needed to go. So I went. 
to be like a mom figure. And I was in the high school all the time. Meanwhile, I'm 340. It's hard for me to say it sometimes. About 350, 350 pounds. And I didn't even think about it. Like his graduation, his graduation, I went out and bought an outfit. Now, when we gain weight, we buy the same outfit that we remember we wore, right? Now, I heard what they told me, but my mind is saying I'm still the same size, so I don't care. I'm going to wear this outfit. It did not fit. I still have the pictures. I was so uncomfortable. It hurt so bad. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable, that pain that I felt being in them heels, the pain I felt. Like, I had, it was just the best. Looking at those pictures depressed the shit out of me. It, it really did. Then I noticed I had rings around my eyes. For some apparent reason, like, I had, like, dark skin. I even took a picture of myself. I went to the hospital, and this is the year my grandfather passed. My grandfather on my father's side. When he passed, I didn't have a great relationship with him. But I was his only grandchild and his only person that was alive to help do his funeral. You ever had to do that before? You ever had to do a funeral for someone you didn't know? I did that. I had to do that. Thank God my cousin was there and she was able to help um, take care of everything just about. Um, but she did say... What do you want to do, Shauna? What do like he went to her and he said, um, this is my life insurance. If anything happened to me, blah, blah, blah. And she had it. But she was the one who contacted me. She was the one who said, you know, come with me. Um, I picked his clothes out, what he was gonna wear, what type of service. Like I, she wanted me to do all of that. My first funeral funeral that I did was for someone I didn't even know. I saw him, I knew of him, I just didn't really know him. I didn't have a relationship with him at all. So he the day that I saw the day I knew he was in the hospital was the day I was in the hospital. I was in the hospital because I couldn't breathe and I didn't know why. I couldn't breathe. And he was, the doctor said, you got to lose weight. You're not going to be able to breathe. I, and I remember that was like my wake-up call because she said, you're going to die. You're going to die if you don't get yourself together. You have to get yourself together. You're not going to make it, honey. You're not going to make it. Then it was a nurse. She was like, you got a history of breast cancer? And you're like, so pretty and you're so nice. And you want to know what I had with me? My crochet. I had my crochet with me. And when I left there, because I couldn't breathe, so I had um, I had to stay there. I had to do the test. I had to do the EKG because I couldn't understand why I could just be sitting there and I could not breathe. And they didn't even know why. They could not understand why I just could not breathe. So 
they got me to breathe. I had some oxygen and gave me some medicine, steroids and all of this stuff. I was there for hours, like probably like 10 hours. So I said, okay, my grandfather's in this same hospital. So I went upstairs to see him. And he saw me. But he was so bad. So skinny. So, so bad and so skinny and I felt so bad. I felt so bad because I felt like I didn't do anything. But I stood there. I sat there and I crocheted. And I sat there for like two hours and I crocheted. And I didn't even speak to him. He didn't speak to me. I didn't speak to him. And I just sat there and I crocheted. And I was in, I was like in a good mood. Like I was okay. I was fine. And it was, it wasn't bad at all. I just wanted him to know that I was there. So sat there for two hours. I crocheted. I barely could breathe, but I did crochet. And then I left. I went back the next day. He didn't know I was there. And he was asleep. And he stayed asleep the whole time. And then he passed the next day. But I stayed there in crochet. So crochet has always been there whether I was upset, sad. I just pull it out. Even if it's not a, um, a graph can, because that's what I do all the time, graph cans. Even when it's not a graph can, I would just make something. Even if it's like a hat or, you know, something. I would just do something just to crochet. So, what did this do for me? What did crochet do for me? And how was I able to keep going even though I went through this traumatic time in my life? I went through the depression. I went through everything able to was the place that helped me able to was uh two ladies so wait able to is a bunch of um therapists they're all therapists they actually went to school for psychology or um mental health they went to school for all of that then they have a coach so the coach actually went to school and did all of that. So the two, they double team you. So one week you have the therapy sessions and then the other week you have the, um, the same week. I'm not the week, the day. So one day y'all have the therapist and then one day y'all have the coach. But you have to speak to the coach first because the coach is the one who is going to prepare you for whatever is going to be spoke about during the therapist visit. All of this was done on the phone. So they would call me. Um, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays was my days. 
And it just so happened that I had these two ladies that kind of fit together because you don't always get, apparently from what I was told, because I only had this session one time, but apparently you get who is available at that time. They don't match you with anyone that they feel they want to match you with. They match you with who's available. And it just so happened that they were just so busy because it just started and then everybody... I think my insurance was like throwing people at them, I guess, to make money. And um, so it got to the point where they were like so hectic that they didn't have a coach. So my therapist could not be a therapist without that coach. So when they finally found the coach, that's when she said, okay, now we could do therapy session. So I did the therapy session first, which was like intake. So they ask you a bunch of questions, they give you a survey, they give you some type of, um, um, basically just find out where you're at. If you ever wanted to commit suicide, if you, and that's one thing I've never said I wanted to ever do is commit suicide. No, I've never was suicidal at all whatsoever. I just wanted to go to sleep <laughs> and make the days go fast. That's it. I did. I wanted to wake up though. And the coach is the person who is preparing you on your goals to move to the next step so that you are working with both of them together to make sure that your mind is healthy and your mind is good and it's good enough to complete those goals. That is the dynamic duel that I have. And I will never forget them, ever. Because... They made me think of things that I never, ever thought of that was pissing me off or making me so upset or making me the way I am now. I never um, realized that I would act a certain way towards my sister. And she don't even know this, but I would act a certain way towards my sister. But she would ask me, why do you feel like that? How come every time I ask you a certain question and you're talking about your sister, this happens? Or how come that... And, and, she said, do you realize that there's something going on with you and your sister? And I'm like, no, ain't nothing going on. Me and my sisters are good. She said, no, no, no. When I ask you a certain thing and that sister comes up, it's like a nerve. And you cut it off and you push it to the side. And I'm like, no, no, no. But we spoke about it and I realized it was a nerve. And there was some other things that happened during my lifetime when I was little. Why I am the way I am now. That came up. And how I deal with it. Um, I go to sleep with the TV on. That's still um, baby steps that I'm trying to work with to not go to bed with the TV on. Because your bedroom is supposed to be done for two things, she said. And that is to sleep and make love. That's what they both told me. And because I was doing everything in there, that was the reason why I could not sleep. Because I, I did everything. I did my work in there. I ate in there. I watched TV in there. I took my naps in there. I, my mind was always racing because I'm always in the same spot. And I had to adjust. So now I work in a different area. Now I eat in a different area. And then my house is set up a certain way. So everybody's in their own area. They own. So now we have that family time. And this is something that I had to grow on. 
I had to realize that the last 12 years was so freaking chaotic. I didn't have structure. I didn't have um, consistency because I was always in my mind. And it took me a whole year to get out of that mentality. But in my mind, I was scared I was going to be homeless again, even though the rent was paid. I was scared that we was going to be on the street, even though I just paid that bill. I was scared the lights won't go up, even though I just paid that bill. Like, my mind was always, like, panicking. Like, the anxiety was crazy. But I would crochet, and it would go down. So what she told me to do was something called mindfulness. Mindfulness, and she would do it while I am on the phone with her and basically have headphones in my ear and she would play certain music and she would talk and I couldn't do it I couldn't do it while I was laying down and just listening to her I couldn't do it I couldn't do it at all so she said crochet Shauna crochet then I was able to do it it was crazy it was just so freaking crazy how it was happening and I just couldn't do nothing this lady was telling me to do. I could never meditate. I could never do it. But if you put a, a um, hook in my hand and and I would just mindless, mindless crochet. That's what it is. Mindless crochet. And mindfulness is basically doing something that you love and something that can get your mind off of whatever is going on. And you do it. In like a um, a relaxed mode, and you breathe deep, and you just put your focus on that one thing. So my focus was on my hands with my hook and my yarn, and I and then my mind was focusing on just put it in there and get it out. Just yarn over, and I just kept saying it in my head, like yarn over. Yarn over. And, and I just kept doing that in my mind to the point where I didn't even feel the pain that I was feeling. Cause it was days that she would call me up like, I'm in so much pain. She said, Let's do it. Let's do the mindful thinking. Let's do mindfulness. Let's do it now. So you could get that pain out your mind. And then I realized that I can't get the pain out my mind. So when my mind is focusing on something, your mind can't really do two things at one time. This is what we were told. Your mind is not supposed to do two things at one time. So when you're concentrating and you're thinking on one thing, you're putting a backseat to the whatever is going on. So this is why crochet and knitting is great for the mind, the body, and the soul. And this is the reason why we as knitters, crocheters, fiber artists, whatever you do, when you're doing something creative, it could take you in a zone where you can use that to get away from the negativity. So that's what I had to do. That toxic relationship, when he was getting on my nerves and pissing me off, I would crochet and close the door and zone him out. So he could, blah, 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 blah. and I'm just crocheting. Fuck you. Yarn over. Okay, motherfucker. Yarn over. And that was what I did until he said, I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm done. Da -da 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 -da. Boom. I cried one hour. I said, okay, reset, 
that's when Diva was born. I swear to you, that's exactly how it happened. I remember I left early that morning. I went all the way to South Jersey. And my family members in South Jersey don't even know what I did. They don't even know I did this. I got up because my son heard me cry when he said, I'm leaving you and I can't do this no more. And the crazy thing is the way he said it, he said it so nice and calm. And I'm like, like crying, like, like 12 years, 12 years. Are you serious? 12 years. And at the time I had a, what, a nine-year-old at the time, I think. I don't know. But I woke up. Four o'clock, five o'clock that morning, I went to South Jersey, and I came back. So the whole day, that whole day, I think I came back like six that night. I went, I took myself out to eat. I took a walk, came back in the house, and I was good. And I was smiling. He thought I was going to kill him. No, like, thought I was crazy. He been smiling after all of that boo-boo crying last night, like looking for the knives and stuff. Like, yeah, no, I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna be kept. I'm gonna be okay. Crochet, and then I literally just started phasing him out and phasing me in, phasing him out, phasing me in, little by little. And then I realized I just want to do better. I want to be better. I want to feel better. So what did I do? Started drinking. Water. Water. Nothing but water. And then it got to the point where now that's all I drink now is just water. But I decided that I'm going to do for me and me only. Because all these years I've been doing for everybody else, kids, um, family members, friends. I always stopped what I was doing doing for everybody else. I did for me. So that's when I said, okay, I'm really going to make this a business. I'm really going to do this. I'm really going to do that. And I just started, I lost 60 pounds because I ended up back in the 200s. By that time, he was long gone because I was already on security. And I started getting happy and I started to become the diva. I actually created my name during this time when he was gone. And I was excited. And then I started seeing me being able to fit clothes that I bought. You know how you buy clothes? And when you bought clothes, you know you can't fit, but you didn't want to throw it away because tags are still on it. Yeah, that's what I did. I did that. So now, I am. Um, no, I, I lost 50 pounds before. Now I'm 70, 73 pounds lighter. But I'm, I just joined another contest. Because Miss Rona had me all screwed up. So Miss Rona, she had actually set me back. I almost got back into the depression, the um, the failure. I felt like I failed because I won a transformation contest to the point where I went from 298 to 262 in that transformation contest. I won. I got money and products. 
the day I received my products is the day I was literally laid out in my bed and didn't know why. I got up that night. I had got this thing behind me in the mail. So I said, I'm going to put it up so that I can put it together and I couldn't do it. I was out of breath. Then I realized that something was wrong. Like it felt like I was catching a cold. Like about now, a lot of you are probably feeling like the itchy throat and the, that's how I started feeling. Like a, like I'm catching a cold, like an itchy throat. And, um, like allergies are coming and bothering you. That's how I felt. Then the breathing, I couldn't breathe. I was so out of breath. Just going from one end of my bed to the next part of my bed, picking up this and trying to, I had to keep sitting down each each cube that I made or each time I had to put the uh, the pieces together, I couldn't breathe. I was out of breath. I actually couldn't even finish the whole thing. I had to move it out the way because I couldn't finish the whole thing. I was so out of breath. I even tried to exercise. That right there, I just kept stopping. I'm like, why am I so out of breath? I just keep stopping. Never in my wildest dreams thought it was the damn Miss Rona. I didn't think it was Miss Rona. I didn't think that Miss Rona would be bothering me. Because what did I do to cause Miss Rona to bother me? So I I was well, we I basically when I got, when I took my temperature and I saw that that was like a hundred and it was like a hundred and one point nine, I passed out. I don't even know what happened next. I was on the phone with security. Security is my boyfriend. I call him security because of my group. He said he was watching the group, so we call him security. So um he was only in my group just to, um, he was doing a favor for me before I added everyone in there. And then he decided to stay. So we call him security. So security um, was on the phone with me and I'm talking to him and I'm steady saying, I just don't feel well. I don't know what's going on. And my temperature is, and I passed out. I passed out. I have. No idea. I just know I was on the floor in the bathroom. My son was like, what happened? What happened? What's the matter? What's the matter? He was like, you got a temperature? And he was like, let me see. Let me see. He took his. Meanwhile, he wasn't really, really sick. But he took his. And then the next thing you know, I'm like laying in the bed, like crying. Like, okay, am I going to die? Because everybody was dying. Everybody in this area was dying. I'm in the metropolitan area. Everybody around here was dying in the hospital. They scared the shit out of us. They was like, you don't want to go to this hospital. So here I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be able to, I can't breathe, but I'm not going to the hospital because I'm going to just die in the hospital. I'm, I swear to you, it was the worst thing ever. The worst thing ever. I had to pray. I had to like, I Fucking conquered um, cancer and fibromyalgia, homelessness, and all of this stuff. And this motherfucker gonna come, this bitch, Miss Rona, really? So I was like, you know what? Just stay up with me, security. And we talked until I fell asleep. I was like, just stay up with me. So I grabbed, I literally sat up in my bed on my laptop and grabbed. I didn't want to use any yarn because I didn't know. At the time, we didn't know, like, if you was going to get it on yarn. So I had my son put the yarn away, put my projects, my current projects in a bin, 
and sealed the bin and put it away because I didn't know. I didn't know if you could get it in on I just didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And all, all my yarn, everything had to stay far away from me. And I just stayed in my room. I didn't want, the only time I came out was to go to the bathroom and I need to make sure that nobody was around me. It was just the worst. It was so bad. I couldn't lay down. So literally, I'm on the phone with security, like sitting up like this because I didn't want to lay down. If I laid down because I was, I kept going like that. I kept going like that. I remember that part. And then I remember if I laid down, it felt like somebody was pushing on my chest. I couldn't lay down. So I'm steady. Like I got to sit up and then I just let him talk. I just let him talk because I really couldn't talk. So I just let him talk. I don't even think I told him I was scared because I was, I was nervous. I didn't know what to do. So Two weeks. I mean, it took about a, another week, another week. And that's how we found out. We took the test. And then like a couple of days after that, that's when they called us and said, we. they called us on Easter and told us we were positive. That was the whole so discombobulated Easter. And the crazy thing is I couldn't even stand, but I wanted some normalcy in my household. So I said I was going to cook. How the fuck we did it? I have no idea. Because I said, my son, I said, you got to help me. I can't do it by myself because I couldn't stand. So I had to sit down and I'm sitting like cutting food and all. It was the worst. By the time we all fucking had it. So I just, I did what I could do. It was just me and my kids. Yeah. I don't need, I can't even tell you what I cooked. I have no idea what I cooked for. Easter. I have no idea what I cooked. I know macaroni and cheese. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. That's how blacked out I was on that day. So I got over that and I still maintained my business. I let my people know this is what's happening. And I'm a very transparent person. I don't mind explaining because People are saying, don't tell nobody that. And, but what? Like, this is a worldwide situation. I didn't purposely get infected. This happened. This just happened. I know how I was exposed. I'm not going into all of that. But it was just a matter of the know-it-alls. You know, the, if you ever listen to me talk, it was the know-it-alls. The know-it-alls who know it all infected my household. So I was able, we got, let me just tell you, we're still not better. We're still, I'm not better. I'm not fully better all the way. But I'm still trying to exercise. I'm still trying to do whatever I need to do. And every now and then I'm still, I'm still going back and forth to the doctor. Like, listen, I can't breathe. Listen, something is wrong. What is going on with me? Why am I like this? And another symptom we just found out. I kept smelling cigarettes. So I'm like, who in my building is smoking like a chain? They chain smoking like after a like a cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. And then because I'm like, well, maybe it's spiritual. <laughs> like Maybe it's like a ghost around and smoking a lot of cigarettes. I don't know. So I'm praying and praying and praying. 
Then something said, tell your doctor. I told my doctor. My doctor said, someone else said they smell sewage. And they had coronavirus. So now I'm researching. Then I said to my son, I sent him the articles that I had. And he said, mom, I didn't tell you because I didn't know. But I'm smelling something bad too. So now I'm like, God damn it. So I called the number that calls me every other month. Well, at first they was calling us every month. But now it was like every now and then the state health department. So I'm calling them like, did you know of any symptoms about people like smelling certain things? So now I have a name for it. And it's phantom, phantom tasia or something like that. Sounds like somebody's damn name. <laughs> they gonna name their kid Fantasia now. But it's basically a smell that you are smelling that is not there. And so now I have to go to an ear, nose, and throat doctor now. So if I was not in the right mind, that would take me to another level. But I'm using my business. I'm using um, crocheting. I'm using doing this. And being transparent has helped. And me helping other people has helped. Me writing down things has helped. And me just being spiritual has helped. So all of this together has definitely put me in a place where 2020 has been really bad to other people. But it has not been for me. I've been good. I've been good. There's bad times and then there's good times. And I believe my, my good outweighed my bad. The bad times that I had this year, it, it, it didn't come anywhere, nowhere near all the good that I had. So I can't complain. And I know my mind is way better than it was. My, my body is way better. I'm thanking God that I decided to start losing weight and doing things differently because it also gave me a, a way of healing Miss Rona better. So. The things that I would, the tools that were giving to me that may be able to help you if you're going through pain and if you're going through depression and don't know how you're going to make it. How can you do that and balance your business? First of all, what you need to not do is go on social media and compete with people. I found that going on social media can be addictive. And it can also be like draining. It drains the mind. You want to be like this person who's on there. And I'm going to say millennials. I am not a millennial and I do not have a millennial mentality. But I do know my sister is that. And they literally are on social media. And you see people who you're like, Oh, they're making good money. They're doing this and they're doing that. And then you get anxiety or you, you know, why I can't do this or why I'm not. And so now it's like, I got to do this because I need to be better than, or how does she get this? And how does she get that? Whereas us who are older, I'm going to say the 4040 club, us older people, we're like, the hell is she talking about? Like, so what? Do your own thing. Do it better. Like, that's how I am. I'm not going to do what that person do. I'm going to do my own thing. So competition is something that you need to get out your head. It's not going to help you. Do your own thing. Be your own person. Try to not compete with someone else. 
because that person may be competing against you and you're competing against each other and it is not healthy, it's not good. And what are we competing for anyway? Like, if I'm going to compete for something, you're going to give me some kind of uh, monetary uh, for my troubles. Like, there's no need. Don't even do it. Especially if you never even met the person because what they're putting on social media may not even be the truth. Perfectionists. There's a lot of perfectionists. We try to be A-listers. We want to do this and do that and make sure it looks good and be good. And no. It's not worth it. Do what you can. And if it's not to your standards, do it over again. Fuck what everybody else say. Do what you want to do. I do it. I even convince other people to do what I want to do. Like, I'm just crazy like that. I... My mind is going to say, whatever I'm doing is good. And if you say, I don't like it, I'm going to say something wrong with you. Fuck you. I'm going to do my own thing. That's how I am. So if you're going to get mad because you don't think this looks good, it may not look good, especially if you get a graph from somebody else. I'm just saying. Being a single mom is hell all by itself. Hell. But it's possible. It can get done. Delegating, delegating, delegating. Get them kids to do stuff. Get them motherfuckers to get up and wash the dishes, wash the clothes, wash, like do something. Get them to do something. Take off the weight of you. You should not have to do every single thing at all whatsoever. Those kids, and I had to learn that because I was doing everything. I didn't want them to do it. I felt like my mom had me do it. So I didn't want my kids to do that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to raise slaves. That's how I would, I kept saying that in my head. Then I thought about it. These motherfuckers are such a spoiled ass little brats. They're brats. And we need to change that. Millennials raising brats. What do your kids got? They on TikTok, Instagram probably cell phones that's way more than what some of the clothes you got on what yeah they're brats so that's where we have to start drawing the line we have to start drawing the line my son has a phone but what it's hand hand down from the oldest who gave him his phone but the oldest yeah he got a twelve hundred dollar phone but guess who paid for it he did i didn't so I had to learn that because I always wanted to give my kids everything because of what we went through. But then I realized, I thank God that I went through what I went through because I think my boys are not brats because of that. I think that I, the shit that we went through kind of balanced off because I didn't give my son everything. I tried, but I didn't. So now that he's older, he sees the value of working for it. He sees the value. He sees it. And he has his own car and his own car payment, his own insurance. He's doing that. He's a senior in college and he's doing the damn thing. And he went to school with people who never even thought of going to college. They're out there now. Some of them dead. Some of them out there in jail. Some of them got kids. I give my son mad respect because we as black 
Americans are going through hard times. But that boy right there, we raised a great one with that one. So I'm just saying, sometimes we just need to step back and listen to the older. Because think about it. How did they raise us and how our parents were raised? We, we're not all that bad, like some of us are, but not all that bad. So the way they raised us and the way that our parents, parents was raised can't be that bad. We are raising some monsters, and that's the problem. These monsters are going to be our future. We need to get it together. So my kids, yes, they delegate. They're, I'm not buying no $1,200 phone for this little brat. No, I'm not doing it. So, yeah. A lot of people say my my son, my 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 um eleven year old, he's like wise beyond it. He had a lot of growing up to do because of the stuff that I had to go through, but he also has like a little kid mentality. Whereas kids his age are kids his age. I listen to them cursing, smoking outside, just doing whatever. I didn't want him to go to the school that he's at right now. Because of that, I didn't want to put him in that situation because he don't know. He doesn't know. He's still playing with toys. Don't tell him I said that, but he's still playing with action figures because he still had that kid mentality. So I think he's age appropriate, in my opinion. But he's age appropriate, 11 years old, should not be out there cussing and, and doing all kinds of stuff like that. And I thank God for that. Um, so being a single mom is hard, but to help out, delegate the motherfuckers. Um, health issues. Treat yourself. Deal with yourself. Get it together with yourself because you can't do it for no one else but yourself. You can't help anyone else. And I had to learn that because I was helping everybody. And I learned the power of saying no. The power of saying no, I learned it. And now, in the beginning, I didn't want to say it. In the beginning, it, it felt funny. If someone says, Shauna, can you do this? And I'm like, I can't. Oh, well, the computer's not working. Or And I would make up something because I didn't want to just say no. Now, no, I can't do it. Sorry, bro. I can't do it. No, I can't do it. Mm -mm. No, I'm busy. I got, I got shit I got to do. So now it's like... I'm not even being bothered because the thing about it is if they're asking you, it's because they're busy and they can't do it, but they want you to stop what you're doing to do. Nah, nah. So, yeah. No. No. Just say no. There's no problem with saying no. And I mean that from the top all the way down to the bottom. No. Um, certain traumas that we're going through, I would say seek help. There's nothing wrong with talking to someone. My, well, that was for me personally. I never wanted to see a therapist or anything like that, but this able to helped me. So that's something, you know, you may want to look at because in order to do a good business, you really, really need to be mentally stable and you need to have everything in order. So if things happen, you need to know how to handle it. You need to know how to handle it. How can you handle this if your mind is all fucked up and you don't know what to do? Like, 
I didn't know how to handle things. When I got overloaded with things back in the past and I was depressed and going through a lot, I hit. I'm not going to lie. I hit. I didn't answer nobody. I just. Now I handle it. I do it when I can. And I delegate. I have delegate. I delegate a lot. I got mad a couple of times because I feel like no one is on the level that I am on. Like I am. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I try to help so many people. But if they're not on that same level, you can't expect them to be on that same level. So being a sole business person helps me out a lot because I don't have to worry about that because I like certain things done a certain way, a certain time. And when it's not done a certain way in a certain time, I get kind of upset because I feel like if I'm helping you, I'm going to help you to make money too. And that's what I try. I try to get the connections and the networks and the information, the content, Everything that I'm doing, you could do. Because the way I did it, they weren't, they didn't even realize. The people who were helping me did not realize I was taking all that information and storing it and doing my own thing and making my own money. That's what I feel everybody should be doing. I feel like you should take this information and jot it down so that you could use it for a greater purpose to be sustainable and make money. Use any opportunity you could possibly use. If I met someone and that someone has a little power, I'm going to use it. I'm going to take advantage of it. A little bit of information from that person, a little bit of information from that person. And I take all of that and I use it and I keep it moving. And all that information that I took and I collect from everyone got me to where I'm at today. So I'm stable. I got a roof over my head and we're stable. I'm able to do certain things with my kids that I couldn't do before and we're stable. Financially, we're stable, I swear to you. I said to myself, I would never, ever, ever be in a position where I have to borrow $10, $20, I will never be in that position ever again. I don't want to ever be in that position again. And I guaranteed myself I would never be in that position again. And thank God it has been working. And I was told your words, the words that you speak. When I say I'm broke, you don't ever say that I'm broke. You say I'm temporarily out of funds. Temporarily out of funds. When I say that, the next day I get funds. It just always happens. When I see my account going down a little bit, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? My start master. What am I going to do? Mm -mm, we can't have this. We can't have that. And I swear to you, I literally plan and I get it done. So I don't have to worry about not having, not having. So when everybody is worrying about why they don't have customers or why they're not able to keep up a business, think about it. Why? Your words, what you're saying, what you're doing, all of that takes in effect. Fix yourself. Follow certain tools. Maybe you need help mentally. Fix that. And have pride in yourself. Do whatever you need to do for you and get it done. Consistency. 
No excuses. That helps. It helps. I have excuses all the time. Oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Oh, I can't do it today. Oh, I'm in pain. Oh, blah, blah. Listen. That got me to losing customers. But now I'm gaining because they see me producing. All of the stuff that I'm producing and it's coming and it just keeps coming and coming and coming because they see me doing something all the time. It's like if a day goes without me posting something, people start sending me messages. Are you okay? Are you okay? Because you didn't post anything. That's because I am producing and I'm always generating something. If it's not crochet, it's a graph. If it's not graph, it's advice. If it's not advice, it's a YouTube video. It's something. I'm always doing something. It's something. So when my mom noticed I'm not on social media or something like that, you okay? You all right? You need anything? That's because I made myself consistent to the point where people know she got to be good. I could be in a lot of pain. I could be in so much pain, but I have to keep moving and I have to keep doing something. Yes. I get some days where I need to sit my ass down, and I do. I do. I have those days where I just have to sit and I have to do nothing. I do get in those days. But it's some days where I have to push. And I don't like it when people say, don't push yourself. Don't go too far. I don't know what else to do. That's not me. I don't know how else to live my life without fighting because that's all I did all my life. But my body does tell me when I need to sit my ass down. My body does tell me that. So that's for you. Your body tells you to sit down, sit down. Your body is telling you something is going on. Sit your ass down and do what you got to do to regain composure, regain yourself, and then do what you got to do for your um for your for yourself, your family, and your business. Why me? I don't say that no more. I say, why not me? Why, why not me? <laughs> why would I say, why me? Oh, she got a house. She got a car. She got this. So I'm not going to say, why? Why does she have this? Why? I'm going to just say, okay, sis, I'm there. I see you. Congratulations. You pick them up and you keep it moving. You clap and you keep it moving. Because guess what? Me praising that person is giving me the, the, the insight that I know she deserved that. She deserved every single thing that she's getting. And guess what, sis? I'm going to get there too. It may not be my time. My time is coming. It's not your time yet. So don't say why me. It's not your time yet. Not your time. You can have everything you want and feel like shit. You can have everything and still feel like shit. You could feel like I have a roof over my head. I have this. I have that. I have a significant other and still feel like something is empty. When that happens, I pray. I pray and I get my composure and I think I could be homeless like I was. I could be asking, can I sit on somebody? Um, it's been times I had to sit on somebody's porch just because I didn't know where else to go. It's times where I had to say, can I stay at your house with kids, with baggage? So 
as of right now, I'm good. I am so good. Natural antidepressants. Natural antidepressants. Let me tell you, crochet is my natural antidepressant. But I also use CB, CB, CBD. And I also have um, prayer with myself. And I realized that has helped me so much more. And I listen to podcasts. I listen to other people. And I listen to other stories. And this has helped me talking. The more I talk, the more I share my story. And how many people get a good feedback from it, it helps. It brings me up. And it brings me to feel like when I was going through the shit I was going through, I did not have anybody that was going through it, that was actually admitting that they was going through it. So I am thankful that God put me in the position to say something and be able to talk and share my story. So share your story if that's what you want. If not, it's okay. Um, spirituality saved me. And... I'm going to leave you with this one. Someone told me, fix the car or buy a new one. And left. Hung up on me. Fix the car or buy a new one. And I'm like, what? I don't even have a damn car. What are you talking about? So this was years ago. And when they said that, I'm like, fix the car or buy a new one. Fix me. Fix me. I can't buy me. A, I can't buy a new one because think about it. People want to buy this for themselves or buy that for themselves. Fix their self up. Buy the hair, the eyes. You know, fix everything about them because they want to look a certain way because they're trying to mask all of that shit up inside of them. So I thought about it. I'm not gonna do all of that. I'm just going to fix me. And that's what I've been doing. So I take um, TLC products. And I've never wanted to do that. Ever, ever in my entire life. But now I drink my tea. I drink my tea during the day in a CBD tea. And it relaxes my bones because I have RA and fibromyalgia. It relaxes me. So my, my CBD tea. And I drink it cold with my um, bottle of water. And... I have my resolution drops. I take my resolution drops three times a day. And I have the PM. I, I take the PM um, tea. Um, and then I take my NutriBurst. So all of this stuff that I'm taking, it's like a cycle that I'm going through. And I do it consistently over and over and over and over. And I am getting my mind back to where I was in March because I was exercising. I was getting it going. I was doing good. I was losing weight like this. I was just doing great. Miss Rona slowed it down, but it, she didn't stop it. So now I'm putting myself back into that again. And I have Trina pills. Anybody ever heard of that before? I named it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her, too. I'm going to tell Miss Trina. Miss Trina, you know. Um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Get on that ST fat. Whoop, whoop. Miss Trina Pills. So Miss Trina sponsors. It was a, a video out there. Miss Trina sponsors NRG Pills.
which is TLC Energy Versa. I needed energy because I started feeling sluggish. So I started taking that pill. And it didn't really help me or do anything in the beginning of the year when I was doing the transformation process. But when I started taking it now, it was like a burst of energy and it was like, whoop, whoop, not too bad, whoop, whoop. And I started like dancing and I'm like, okay, I'm back, I'm back, all right, all right, Trina, all right, all right. So now I'm like, I go to the um, lady who's selling, I'm like, okay, I need my Trina pills, I need my Trina pills, because now I'm good. I'm good, right? And I'm glad I got my Trina pills. So now I'm going to be back at it. I'm going to be busting it loose. And the more energy that I am getting, the more I'm losing weight, the more that I put myself on a schedule. I wake up in the morning. I do this. I do that. Make sure this boy is on there to do his school. I start doing some graphing. I start doing, I crochet later. I have a schedule. The times. And I have a, um, I'm going to put it out too. My time management, I'm going to tell you everything. My time management video is just going to be a video. It's not going to be a live. So when I upload that, you'll see it. Time management saved me as well. I just conditioned and I even put how I conditioned myself because I went from someone who laid down doing nothing all day, every day, sleeping, eating, doing nothing, watching TV to being strict doing this and doing that and i do not get off track there's days i do but i reward myself when i don't gotta reward yourself thank you guys for listening i i just like i shed a lot today i knew it was gonna be sensitive i knew it was gonna be tough to say some of these things but I just thank you for being on and listening to what I have to say. I hope some of the content helped you so that you could be able to prosper in your business or just hobby or whatever. Some of the things that I say, this is real life stuff that I actually went through, like hard stuff. And it's stuff that I still don't talk about because it's so hard to talk about. I went through some crazy stuff. I don't even know if I have permission to even talk about some of that stuff. So I'm waiting for the permission and I sure will because like I said, crochet saved my life even with that secret stuff. So thank you for being on here. Thank you for allowing me to share and please share the word like. Please give me a like because I know there's some people who's giving me thumbs down. It's okay. It's okay. I still love you. Give me some thumbs up, subscribe, because this right here is really helping me. And is a, I'm able to spread the word and help others. And the podcast is on Spotify. So this is the live version, but if you want the audio, it will be on Spotify. And all of the stuff is in the description. So whatever is in the description. Um, it's links to it. So if you ever, if you want to share it with someone, it's there. And I just wish you all have a good night. I will see you tomorrow for Mentor Monday. And Tuesday, we do have a scheduling for coaching with Diva. So we're going to coach with Diva. And I'm going to um, upload my time management video. So got a lot of content. 
this right here is the video that's helping me get monetized. So thank you for letting me get monetized. <laughs> I'm going to get monetized on YouTube. So thank you very much for this video right here that's getting me monetized. I appreciate you. I just, it took me not as long as I thought, but it took me there. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Just spread the word, spread the word, spread the word. I'm just begging you, spread the word. That's all you need to do, spread the word. You have a good night and I will see you tomorrow night, seven o'clock for Mentor Monday.